baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. There's a new sandwich generation, and I feel like I'm going to be squeezed like the peanut butter and jelly in the middle of it. I want to know if you're part of it and what you're doing about it. Good morning. It's 9.09. I'm Jordana. Adam is off today. He's ice fishing, and we pray for the safety of all the ice fishers, fisher people, because... um, the, you know, there's some fin ice out there, so we want them to stay safe, and hopefully Adam will send pictures of what he catches. So the new sandwich generation, uh, the new sa- – it used to be that people that were my age or younger, maybe even like 40s, I'm 51 now, were taking care of younger children but also aging parents. If their parents were in their 70s or 80s or 90s and needed some help, these were the people that were in the middle. Now, I am cloning a new sandwich generation. This is just Jordana's idea of the sandwich generation. That is meaning people like me who are maybe in their 50s and have kids that are graduating from college. I will have a college graduate in two years. Still also have younger kids in the house. But these college kids, they're coming back home. So you still might be raising your other ones. But then your adult children are coming back home. And now it's a new kind of sandwich, your sandwich between kids. And don't forget to add on those grandparents that you might have to care for because the baby boomers are in their 80s now and you still might be taking care of those. So it's it's sort of like a, a triple-decker sandwich at this point. And I want to know if you're living this and how you're managing. 651-461-9226. So get this. Nearly 60% of parents today have provided financial assistance to their adult children in the past year. It's true. A new report says that half of adults between 18 and 24 live with their parents. And I would say, you know, many of us have college-age kids. So let's, you know, I don't expect my college-age student to be living somewhere else until after they graduate from college. And maybe even the summer they graduate from college. And maybe even, you know, getting on their feet if they start a new job in September. I don't expect them to have earned enough rent money to have to move out. So this report is a little misleading because it starts at 18. Even high school graduate kids that are going to trade school, I mean, are we kicking our kids out at 18? I don't know too many people that are. So I would say the report should start at like 22. But it says kids up to 24, you got two years under your belt now, you should have definitely had a job and could save some rent money, are still living with their parents. Young adults are carrying student loan debt, as of course we know, and there is a high cost of living. Rents are super high. But get this, 47% of parents say they are financially supporting their kids as well. Actually, 45%, I read that wrong. 45% um, say they're financially supporting their kids, whether it's paying their cell phone or maybe sending them money every month so they can get out of your house and live on their own. 
and I want to know what to expect, friends. I'm getting a college graduate, and uh, let's see, she's a, she's a, a junior now, so almost a year from now she'll be graduating. I don't mind if she comes back home. In fact, I would relish that for a little bit. But once you have a job and you're on your feet, I do expect you to get the hell out of my house. Move on. Also, pay your own cell phone bill. Yeah, pay your own cell phone bill. You can come over for dinner, but I'm not sending you money for groceries. I don't plan to do that. I'll pay your health insurance if you don't have any. My, I think my, it was on my dad's bill till 24, 23. I don't remember what it was until I got a job that paid health care. If you get a job that pays health care, then you pay your own. But if you don't, I get it. Okay. You, legally, you can still say on my health care until you're 26. I have a union. I have great health care. I get it. How are you managing this? Are you in this situation? I'd like some advice. And I'd like to hear from parents that are living in the new triple-decker sandwich generation. 651-461-9226. We have Josh Wheeler in for DJ, because DJ's home with some sick kids and a sick wife today. He also said his mom was sick. So DJ, boy, he's really, he is in the sandwich generation, looking after his mom and his children, who are all sick. So Josh, are you still in your 20s, or are you in your 30s yet? I am 31. Okay, yeah, so you're, you're really a baby. You're a very young millennial, right? Is that what they would call you, a young millennial? I think so. I got some salt and pepper hairs in my on my head okay. right now, so I'm a little old, but yeah. Are you living at home? Uh, well, I live with my wife, but yeah. Your wife. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you guys, but you guys are not living in your parents' house. No, no, no. Right. When did you move out and get on your own? I uh, moved out, let's see, 20, when I was 20. Oh, okay. So were you were you at were you in college? Yeah, I was doing. I was over at uh, North Hennepin for about a year and change, maybe two, and then uh, pretty much left the nest after that. You left the nest after that. Yeah. Okay. Did your parents help you with any money? Uh, a little bit, just to kind of you know okay. help me you know get the wheels off the ground, and then after that, it was pretty much chip in here and there. But I'll t- it, mostly it's on you now. <laughs> okay. Which that's is, fair. I, I, I'm I'm a big I'm a big. Uh, supporter of that kind of mentality where okay we'll we'll help you get your feet off the ground but after that like you, you got to learn the adult lessons kind of on the fly like everybody else does but you know everybody's different i guess at what age do you think that happened for you um honestly like only in the last like handful of years it, it for some people okay. you, you learn it early some people you just don't ever learn it and okay. some people you kind of right in the middle so I, i'm kind of more in the middle you're more in the middle. So maybe like 26 or yeah, so? Yeah, yep, yep. Okay. Well, good for you. I know it's hard to make a living in radio, my friend. And I also <laughs> know that Josh, dear listeners, has multiple jobs. So he does a lot of stuff. So he is um, he's he's fighting the good fight. Like we understand you are um, – you're not lazy, and you're trying to work and trying to support yourself, and your your wife works. Some is that people, right? some people might think I'm lazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wife is a, uh, a teacher at Crestview Elementary in uh, Brooklyn Park. Okay, so there you go. So you guys are real people. You're launched. You're you're 31. Mom, mom, and dad aren't paying the uh, the cell phone bill no. anymore, are they? No. Okay. He laugh as he laughs. So friends. I mean, secretly, I kind of want Marley to, like, move back in, at least for the summer, have some time with her. And that's just me being, a, you know, an attached mama. Um, I definitely do not want to pay 
the credit card bill anymore because I see those every month. And I think, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till she's off the payroll. She's definitely my most expensive child. But how are you dealing with the new sandwich generation? It's a triple-decker. You could have young kids. You could have college graduates that are moving back in with you. And you could be taking care of your parents. 651-461-9226. I'll take all the advice I can get next after the break. The new sandwich generation. You're taking care of kids. You may be taking care of parents, but you're also adding in that extra layer, like an, like a little layer of pastrami in there in between the turkey and the corned beef. You had a layer of post-college kids that are living now in your home or you're supporting them financially. Um, a new study says that uh, parents, more than half of kids are living with parents that are 18 to 24, more than half, to get them on their feet. They've got student loans. They maybe don't have a great job. It's a lot. More than 14% of adults receive a money transfer from their parents once a year. And half of young adults say they are not financially independent from mom and dad. 60% of them have gotten some kind of financial assistance. Are they living in your house? How is it going? This is going to be me next year. Marley's going to graduate next, not this coming April or June, you know, the next June. Um, I secretly kind of want her to move back in, but just for a little. And even if she moves back in, I do not want to pay the credit card bills anymore. I don't want to pay the phone bill. I don't want to do that stuff. So I was shocked to find out that 60% of parents are still providing financial assistance to their adult children. And what's the expectation of me? I guess it's only my expectation, right? If I say you're cut off, you're cut off, right? You got to make your own way. How are you managing all of this? Uh, Did we have a caller? Vincent is in Hudson, Wisconsin. Vincent, are you the young student or are you the parent? No, I'm a parent that raised four kids. I have none of them that have ever moved back in after uh, college. And all of okay. them were were helped well. They were helped out by us while they were in college. And uh, they said that was the best thing that happened. No debt was incurred by them except for my daughter who became a doctor. And so that's, uh, we feel blessed in that respect. So And Vincent, they moved out have, right away? They never came back to live in your house or get on their feet? Did they have jobs right away when they graduated? Yes, they all did. All of them. Yep. So they and Good they all you. went to a college they went to a college that was affordable. Yes. That's so important. The big, yep. Such so good advice. That that, all right. made, that made a big difference. Huge, huge. Thank you, Vincent. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I tell you, that's what I told uh, Miss Marley. You know, she got into Michigan. She wanted to go. It was like 70K a year. And then she got into Madison and it was half. And I'm like, all right, my dear, you're going to come out with 120K in debt if you want to go to Michigan because this is what I can afford and this is what your dad and I are paying. Uh, that's going to a college that you can afford is a huge um asset and, and that's a good lesson and i'm and she's grateful too everybody loves their college how do you not love madison thank god she got in um 
So uh, that was a lesson, yes, that we had to learn in real time and maybe a little bit of the hard way, but we it all worked out well. Um, hey, Jor, this texter says, agree that parents do help out financially a lot. Uh, yeah, they do. My son stayed home, this texter writes, seven years after high school. We had one year after high school off six years of Votech while working full-time and paying minimum rent, from, and I was doing the cleaning, the cooking, and the feeding. I get it. Yeah, I get it. This is what parents are doing. And I don't fault you for it. I'm just looking to know what to expect. You know, if they moved back in and they needed help, well, I've said this before on the show, uh, that would be fine. If you have a job and you're paying all your own bills and you want to save on some rent and you want to live in my house, at least for a little, you know, I'm okay with that. I really am. After a while, maybe I would make you pay a little rent, maybe save it for you. But I understand that kids need a leg up and their life, you know, it, it's harder. Things are more expensive now. I get all of that. But 60% still on the payroll. I thought that was extreme. You can maybe live rent-free, but I don't want to have to pay your expenses. I really don't. Uh, Let's see. A few years ago, this texter writes, Nissan Corporation told their distributors they surveyed a group of millennials asking them the age you become an adult. The answer was 32 years. Wow. You become an adult at 32 years. All right. I'm going to disagree with that, Nissan Corporation. I hope they become an adult a lot earlier than that. But 32 years, 32 years, I had a kid already. I had Marley at 31. You're definitely an adult when you have a kid. Definitely. Uh, hey, George, did, uh, did most college graduates get a degree that gave them skills to earn or just an education? Excellent question. Excellent question. We are seeing lots of problems at our universities today. That's right. Can you get a job? With a college education. I hope you can because we are hearing, we had this discussion on the show, that there aren't enough workers for the jobs that are out there. People are begging for workers. So I don't really see an excuse for a college graduate to not find a job. People are begging for workers. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe that's in, you know, uh, wait staff and maybe a college graduate doesn't want to be a server, but too bad. You got to, you know, make a living. You got to work. Be a server while you're looking for something else. So um, that is an excellent question. The new sandwich generation. I'm going to be part of it. Uh, Vincent, good job. Maybe Vincent can give me some good juju to get my kids off the payroll as well. When we get back, Frederick Braithwaite is going to be joining me. Frederick is a community member uh, in South Minneapolis. He has an idea of what to do at the Old Cub Foods lot that was burned down. I want to hear his idea. I, I, I can't wait to talk to Frederick because this is somebody who is a visionary, who is looking to help his community after the events that happened, after the murder of George Floyd, how to make it better. And I am looking forward to somebody with some big ideas on how to help at a local level. He's up next. How to rebuild the... Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Part of Minneapolis that was so heavily damaged by the riots and looting and burning 
um, in the area of George Floyd Square and in Uptown and in downtown, what to do. You know what I want to hear uh, or, or how I want to know what to do? I want the people that are living in the community, that are working in the community, that were affected by those riots to share what they want to do. I haven't heard that much from public policymakers. They can't even decide where to put the third precinct. It's taken a very long time. So I want to know what people who live in the community do. That's why I have asked Frederick Brotwaite to join me on the air today because he is actually moving the needle. He has asked community members to come and join him in an event on Monday that we will share with you about what to do what to develop at the old Cub Foods lot in South Minneapolis that burned down. Frederick, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Oh, well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. First, tell us, you are the co-owner of Sheila's Soul Food Restaurant. Tell us how you personally and your business was affected in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. Murder, excuse me. Well... Thank God our business was not uh, vandalized, I guess, because most people knew it was a a black-owned business. It was not vandalized. But um, we're part of the community. I live, the house, three houses from my building got burnt. So you could see how close we were to the the riots and the burnings. We walked through the, 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 the area as it was burning. We watched it burn live. And mm-hmm. thank goodness your business, you said, was not burned down. But surrounding you, the rest of the community, I mean, was it even recognizable to you after? Oh, Lord have mercy. You know, it was like a war zone. You know, everything was just burned. It was sad. It was really sad to see uh, Cup Foods burn, uh, Target, mm-hmm. um and uh, many other places just burnt down to the ground. It was sad. And then eventually the, the precinct got burnt. The front part of the yes. precinct got burnt. Mm-hmm. Frederick, have any policymakers, Minneapolis City Council, the mayor, has anybody come up with a good response in what to do with that area? Has anybody come to you and said, we want to build a community center, we want to build this, or we want to build that? Have you gotten support from our elected officials on how to rebuild the community? Well, after the fires and the burning, the city had five meetings. I went Mm -hmm. to them, and uh, we were able to express to the city that, well, listen, we don't want a precinct back there, and they moved it to somewhere else, and now we have put together a plan. I've formed a group. It's called Minneapolis Black Cultural Cultural Complex Organization, MBCC, and uh, we are presenting on Monday night, the 29th at 6.30, we are presenting a proposal to the community, a beautiful proposal that involves the community and will will provide many, many avenues for help for the community. So we're inviting the community to come out and see this proposal and make comments, add to it, make it bigger. Concerning the city, quite a few of the council members will be there 
on Monday the 29th. They will be there, and they will see the proposal. Um, in the er very early stages, I did show mm -hmm. it to the mayor and to Councilwoman Jenkins and to Councilman Chavez. So they have, in the very early stages of the development. But right now, it's much bigger and much more exciting. So I'm well, tell us about what it is. It's a it's, it's the a, development at the old Cub Foods lot in South Minneapolis. Tell us exactly what the address is and what your plan is. No, it's the uh, it's the precinct lot, exactly where the precinct is. Three three thousand mini mini ha, mini ha, um, mini ha, ha, where the precinct was. Got it, or the third is, precinct. Mm -hmm. The third precinct. And the meeting is going to be at Hook and Ladders, the building right next to the precinct. That's where the the meeting will be. Okay, so tell so, me what you propose. What what do you envision okay. there on the precinct? We, we envision we envision um, Minneapolis Black Cultural Complex. Not just a cultural center, but a cultural complex where uh, where community and people living in the community and in the city can come and have various needs taken care of and, and have benefits from uh, this complex. When they come, they'll be able to see renderings of the, this, this complex because we have gotten, we have a, an architectural firm that is uh, working on producing renderings and we will itemize different proposals that we have in regards to what and what will be in this complex. There will also be a Say My Name Memorial a memorial that we'll be putting up there for uh, blacks who have, uh, for African Americans who have had, uh, who have been murdered or killed by police. So their names will be there. So it will be there. It will be something very, very um, interesting and exciting. So we're inviting everyone who could make it on Monday, the 29th, that's this coming Monday at 6:30, to come on out. And let's see what is a, the proposal is. Put your voice on it, and um, you can make suggestions. Uh, we can make changes, and we want it to be our community proposal to the city. And the more of us come, the more powerful it will be. I'm speaking with Frederick Bratwaite. He is the co-owner of Sheila's Soul Food Restaurant and felt much of the devastation firsthand after the riots, after the murder of George Floyd. Um, now, it's my understanding, Frederick, that what some of what you're proposing is an area where families can go to improve health, wellness, part entertainment. Um, there's going to be food, maybe a restaurant in there. So is it much like a community center? Yes. Um, it, it, what we're proposing is like a restaurant, some shops, um, a museum, uh, it's like a journey museum, theater and performance arts center, uh, green spaces for like garden, garden spaces. Uh, it, it's going to have quite a few different places where people can um, come and like do boxing, uh, um different activities that they will be able to engage in theaters and aspects that will make them 
you know, things like open spaces, business offices, after school stuff, uh, rehabilitation services, health and wellness, you know, martial arts, swimming, gymnastics, basketball, an entire complex. It's it's it's, it's bigger than a and than a um, center. It's more like a complex, and a it's going to be. Yeah, the the architectural firm has um has has produced a beautiful beautiful rendering. I think Great. that people will be excited when they see it. Frederick, again, the co-owner of Sheila's Soul Foods. Again, the community meeting. It's called Lake Street Community Meeting. It's a vision for the former third precinct site. It's happening Monday, January 29th at 630 at the Hook and Ladder Theater. If anybody is interested, and I hope they are, in going to see what will be back on that site. Uh, Frederick Broadwaite, I so appreciate your time. Is there anything you want to mention before I let you go? This is an opportunity. This is a moment. This is a chance that we have that we have to utilize. What, what we're proposing cannot be built any other part of the world. It has to be built on that spot, on that particular spot that was an emblem of embarrassment for us. Now we want to make it an icon of fame and joy for the entire community. So that's why we're asking everyone who can spare the time to come out, let's put our hands and our minds and our hearts together to build something that we as Minneapolis can be proud of and we as Americans can be proud of. And the whole, just like how George Floyd's death affected the world, we want in a negative way, this will affect the world in a positive way. So let's put our hands together, put our hearts together and do something that we will all be proud of. Frederick, that is so beautiful, and I hope you'll be speaking at the meeting because you are a great orator. But you you said something I just want to ask you a quick question about. Mm -hmm. You said that the site of what happened at the 3rd Precinct, how it um, burned down, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I just want to be clear. You said that it was a Mm -hmm. site of embarrassment. Why was it a site of embarrassment? Because of what happened. We, we We were embarrassed for for two reasons from that prison came the officers who were responsible for the sad death of George Floyd that's an embarrassing incident and then the rioting the rioting was embarrassing and, and burning things down i agree 1000% with being angry i agree 1 one- thousand percent with being upset and voicing that anger and voicing that being upset but burning down property etc you know other businesses i do not think that that was the way to go so that was an, that was embarrassing but we can turn that we can't we would not live in the embarrassment we would not live in that we're going to turn it into something that we can all be happy about we can all rejoice about it and say look this is the result of what happened. We have a beautiful edifice standing here to benefit and bless the community. So we take that embarrassment and turn it into something that we can be proud of. Frederick, that is such a beautiful sentiment, and I so appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you sticking with the community, and I'll have to head over to Sheila's Soul Food Restaurant, my friend.
Yes, please, please come on over and let us know when you're coming so that I can be there to welcome you. I would love that. I would love that. Frederick Broadway, thank you so much. And hopefully you'll get a great turnout Monday night at the Hook and Ladder for this event at 630. Thank you, my friend. I deeply appreciate your time. And thank blessings you. to everyone. You too. Have a good one. Uh, again, that was Frederick Broadway, uh, Sheila Soul Food. That was interesting. That was, I think, a very beautiful and uh, way to honor the space. And it was interesting about what he said. I think a lot of people feel that way. And I often feel that, you know, the community that was out in force protesting or rioting or whatever verbiage you want to use to call it, um, some were not happy that the third precinct burned. And it was really interesting to hear Frederick talk about it as, you know, he was embarrassed about what happened, yet it's an opportunity for growth and renewal of spirit and physicality and of building and maybe even of uh, some new attitudes. So I really appreciate his honesty and um, his authenticity in sharing what should happen to that site. It's also 948. We have to take a quick break. And when we get back, what if the celebrity you love the most showed up at your place of business? It happened in Minnesota. I'll share it with you next. That is not pink, but we will be giving away pink tickets at some point during this show. So stay tuned. Andrew, today's your last day. Andrew has called in every day uh, so far. I hope he wins them today. Uh, he'll get the right answer. He shockingly has gotten the wrong answer four days in a row, but who knows? Maybe he'll he'll get the right answer today. Can you imagine if if I was at work or at school and like Bruce Springsteen or John Bon Jovi or Oprah walked in to my place of business, I would be apoplectic. I know that's shocking being a talk show host, me being apoplectic, but I would. I would not be able to speak. I would be overwhelmed. So yesterday, Hibbing High School's drama department got a visit from Timothy Chalamet. Now, if you're asking me who Timothy Chalamet is, oh, friends, probably need to watch a couple more movies or shows. He is just the it boy man, young man in Hollywood. My girls are in love with him. He was just in Wonka. I mean, he's, he is also, he has signed on. The reason he was in Hibbing, he didn't just show up and he's not from here. Um, he signed on to play Bob Dylan in an upcoming movie about the songwriter's early life. So I guess he was in town checking out Hibbing and he walked into the theater club. And I bet the kids freaked out. I had Josh on the case this morning, friends. I said, Josh, you got to call Hibbing High School. I got to talk to these kids who, you know, were just doing their drama thing after school. And the hottest A-list actor in Hollywood walks in. Timothy Chalamet, right there in your gym or your theater, wherever you are in Hibbing High School. They must have freaked out. And I'm dying to hear about it. If kids... If you were there, if you're listening, if your mom is listening, uh, I know Josh put in calls, but they might not be answering their calls yet at school. They might actually be teaching, which is okay. Anybody who was there, I need to hear how this went down. You need to call us at 651-461-9226. I need to get you on the show because when I, when I sent the link to my girls 
they were freaking out. They're like, why don't we live in Hibbing? Oh my gosh, we need to move to Hibbing. I'm like, okay, us moving to Hibbing is not going to affect Timothy Chalamet visiting again. I think it was just a, a quick visit. But I'm dying to hear how the kids reacted to this. So if you know somebody or were there, even better, you got to call me. We got to get you on the air at 651-461-9226. But coming up, like I said, at some point in this show, we have to give away pink tickets. We're also going to talk. It's International Holocaust Memorial Day. That's tomorrow. We are going to talk about the resolution that the city council passed yesterday, the anti-Semitic resolution that they passed yesterday. Steve Hunnigs from the JCRC, Jewish Community Relations Council, is going to be joining me at 1030. And Tim Lammers is going to be joining us at 11 o'clock. But before all of that happens, Josh has got quick takes for us. What do you have coming up, my friend? Oh, I got a lot coming up for quick takes, uh, including... A famous movie star is going on tour with a band. We'll talk about that much more. And also uh, an iconic technological piece of equipment is uh, still aging pretty well here in 2024. We'll talk about that as well. Well, I'm very much looking forward to hearing all of that. And if you're planning a trip to to Hollywood to go on Prices Right, Drew Carey has some tips and tricks for you. I'll share that in the 11 o'clock hour. Now we'll take a break for news, and I'll see you back here at 11.07. Oh, excuse me, 10.07. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 